Yo, yo, what up? What up? What's going on, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome, Black. Welcome, Black. Jazz, what up? Sydney Dakota Secret Pedals, what up? Viva La Diva, what's going on? Welcome back. Welcome to a Monday night. We are back in the building. I see y'all sending much love. Ellis Clementine, uh, 13 Eep, Kim Michelle, Comedian Dennis, what up, son? Official Bun, what up? Showing love as usual. Yes, you do. Uh, Tisha, what's going on? Um, hey, uh, we back. Delfino, what's going on? Jay Ryder in the building. What up, fam? Um, we're back, man. Uh, appreciate y'all coming back out on a Monday night, as we always do. On Jawa. Ramirez, what's up, son? I see you. Sarkar Music, what up? Peace. Uh, Blue Lily, I see you. We are back. Delfino, I see you. What's up? Thank you for the... Is that a, a peppermint? Thank you. My brother ain't that funky. Hold Shannon. What's going on, Shannon? How you doing? Uh, how's the catwalk at this time? Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, my teeth look so bright and, and, and shiny. My teeth are glowing right now. Thank you, Doc Austin. Loyalty over everything. What's up, Johnson? What up? Oh, my guest is here. That's why I said, let me, you know what I said, let me. Anytime. Ange, what's going on? Peace. More cowbell. That's funny. More cowbell is a funny name. <laughs> Angela, what up, girl? Hey, how are you? How you doing? I'm cool. How you been? I'm doing well. I am sitting on my balcony right now because it's the quietest mm -hmm. place in my house <laughs> so hey that's that's hey you're fortunate to have not only a balcony but have the weather to accommodate because if i went outside right now uh my nipples would be like this <laughs> where <laughs> the, are you the temperature i'm in new york i'm in brooklyn still i'm home oh good for you uh, is my internet yeah. okay can you am i breaking up at all no you're perfect you are perfect Okay. You're perfect. Because you're freezing up a little bit, and I wasn't sure if that was me or you. No, uh, let me let me let me check to see if uh, yeah, no, I got I got all my bars and whatnot, so I'm uh, I'm not sure. Let let me know if let me know if it keeps freezing. Okay. What? I, that, that, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well, real quick, let me give you. Let me give you a proper introduction for those, for, for the one or two people that are ignorant on here and don't know any better. My guest tonight, first of all, welcome to another episode of Fuck Muckin' Protocol Live Monday night on IG. It's your man, Dean Edwards, where we do this every Monday night. Um, I have some of my favorite comedians, some of my favorite people on here to motivate and inspire y'all and give y'all some ideas of what comedians go through, um, you know, both during this pandemic and just what helps make us tick and how we, you know, have come through our journeys to uh, become the great people and great performers that we are. My guest tonight, I guarantee, is my only comedian that I have ever had on here that actually appeared on on the field at the Super Bowl and was performing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, you recognize uh, uh, her amazing talents. Um, not only probably one of the one of the first actual stand up comics um, to have viral success 
with amazing characters, uh, the, the nail salon lady, and of course, Bon Kiki, um, Mad TV, uh, you know, from films such as Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel, uh, um, what was the, uh, the family joint? Uh, our, our family, family wedding. wedding, our family wedding, uh, uh, the opening act was she, she, you can actually catch a friend of ours, uh, Steve Byrne, directed uh, the opening act. Actually, is uh, is streaming now, so you can guess that right now. And multiple comedy specials. My friend and yours, Angela Johnson Reyes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> 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 Hi. So, so first of all, how how have you been uh, coping with the? Uh, with oh I'm sorry someone correct me Bon Kiki -ki, not Kiki so I that's apologize. Right. They, yeah, I didn't want yeah, to correct that's... you, but I'm glad somebody else did. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, so I apologize, y'all, um, for for that oversight. Um, yeah, how have you been handling um, the last? We now in what month? Month number nine. You know, this whole year has definitely had its seasons for me, and. Mm -hmm. The plot twist for me of 2020 is that I decided to sell my house and move, and I did mm. not expect that ever. Um, right. Like earlier in the year, in the summertime, if you would have told me even just this summer that I would be moving, I'd be like, no, I'm not. So it's like the biggest plot twist for me. But it's one of those things where I'm just like saying yes to an adventure with God because so many things are shaking and shifting in the whole entire world. So why wouldn't things shake and shift within my little sphere as well? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, and you know what? And ever since I met you, Angela, we've known each other probably, what, 13, 14 years. We, we first met during the, uh, the Golden Trailer Awards. Yes. The, the Golden Trailer Awards, for those of you who don't know, um, the same way movies have uh, award shows like the Oscars and the Golden Globes, there's also an award show for the trailers of those movies. And they they used to always hire um, comics to come on, come and keep keep the flow of the show going. And that was when uh, when I first met Angela. I think we were doing that at the Orpheum out in L.A. and uh, and. I, I bring that up because from from day one, you always had uh, a strong faith in, in God and Creator, and and but it was never off-putting. You know, like you know, yeah. we all know someone, whether they're Christian, Muslim, whatever. They're like they they're full of their religion and pushing it on you. Right. You never pushed it on people, but you always, you just, you walk with your faith, which I always uh, appreciated. So I appreciate you saying um, that as much as you hear people complain about this year, I, I applaud you for just submitting to it and saying, hey, you know, um, thy will be done. For real. Whether it's for you, it's God, it's Jesus, it's Allah, it's universe, it's whoever it is, it's that powerful thing of surrendering your right. own will and desires to the flow of universe, right. the flow of God, the flow of whatever, surrendering right. all of that. It's a hard thing to do, but it's like, mm -hmm. imagine being in, in the ocean, like, and you don't fight the current that's taking you out because you're just going right. to wear yourself out. You let it ride. You 
roll with the flow and then when right. the current takes you to a certain place then you're able to get back to shore but if you just fight that that current and you're fighting the flow you're going to exhaust yourself and and right. just ride the wave with the journey you know right easier right. than yeah, and, right no and you not only will you exhaust yourself but eventually you'll drown <laughs> you'll sink right. and, and and drown that's right that's right. You know, so met metaphorically, um, that's 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 a great metaphor um, that that hopefully someone someone can hear and that can uh, that can help carry them uh, through the rest of this uh, this global pandemic. How how many were you booked up this year? Did you were you, because you're you're one of the um, you're a comic that you know you're not just doing clubs, you're doing theaters. You have uh, you know you have a, a a gigantic following. So I'd imagine your road work um, was heavily affected due to the pandemic, yeah? Well, what's crazy is I had actually scheduled some time off for myself. Um, oh, dig it. I was taking some time to, honestly, I mean, I've been on the road for 13, 14 years, and you mm -hmm. know it takes the toll. It takes a toll on your yeah. mind, body, spirit, all of it. Um, your priorities start getting messed up things start to suffer like mm -hmm. your relationships marriage mm -hmm. um right all the things like people would ask me all the time like how do you balance it all how do you balance work and travel and marriage and life how do you balance it? and i just be like i don't know i just do i just keep going and then turns right. out i was not balancing it very well at all mm. and um i actually needed to take a break and to really um disconnect from the machine that I had built and reconnect with mm -hmm. myself, with my creator, um, and really do some of that self work. So I had already planned to take some time off the road to do that work for myself on myself. And then this pandemic mm -hmm. happened. So for me, I didn't really have dates that I needed to cancel or anything. The one date oh, that nice. I had, I just flew home from from Texas, it was in February, and maybe like the week later is when everything shut down. Oh wow, wow! Yep. So at, le at least you get to be able to get that last check, though. Right. You have <laughs> <a few> deposit. <laughs> so, so, so take me, take me back, or take us back, Angela. Where um, you're you're originally from, San Jose, yeah? Yes, from the Bay Area, Bay Area. From the Yay Area. <laughs> yes. Popping collars. So, where, were you uh were you like a performer like all through school? Were were you um in, always you know a ham? No. Uh, yes and no. Like I grew up, I was super shy. Um, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I broke out of my shell and I did like Pop Warner cheerleading, and I did mm -hmm. um high school cheerleading and started doing all the competitions, competitive all-star cheerleading and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of where I found my performance, but I wasn't mm -hmm. like, I wanted to be an actor. I just didn't know how to be an actor. Right, and um, right. I didn't like grow up going to like drama club or anything like that. Um, but I uh -huh. knew like I wanted to do, I just didn't know how. Um, right. And it wasn't really until I moved to LA that I, I actually started chasing my dream of, of acting, you know? Really? 
So, so from from cheerleading all through, you know, um, junior high and high school, um, were you pursuing? Because I think many many entertainers and especially comics um, coming up when we came up versus now. Like now, there are more um, more avenues. If if you're a young young cat and you sure. want to pursue comedy. You, you can watch this, right? You can watch us on here. You can watch a million clips on YouTube and kind of get an idea of how to uh, how to find your 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 tribe. So to say, right. I would say right. finding your tribe. Um, when you were coming up, was was cheerleading sort of your outlet? Yeah, definitely. Cheerleading was my creative outlet for sure, um, and. What, what's funny, though, is when I moved to L.A. and I was trying to be an actress, I would audition for, mm -hmm. like, cheerleading parts, like, for all the cheerleading movies I auditioned for uh -huh. and any... You should have been Gabrielle Union? Yeah, no. All of that. I auditioned for all of those, and I never booked not one. Not one. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, but I'm a real cheerleader. Not right. one. Not one. They were like, mm, I don't believe it. I can't see you. You're a cheerleader. <laughs> I don't see it. Sorry. <laughs> No, but yeah, cheerleading was my thing. And then when I did the Oakland, I cheered the Oakland Raiders, even that was not my thing. Like I did competitive cheerleading with like stunts, throw mm -hmm. me in the air and I'll flip around and all that kind of stuff. And Oakland Raiders was more like um, dance and pretty and like shake your palms and cleavage and like, you know, luxurious hair and nails and all the things. And I was very much a tomboy. So mm -hmm. um, it was not really my jam. But the only reason why I auditioned for the Oakland Raiders is because I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to move to Hollywood and pursue my dreams of being an actress, but I needed a sign. I was like, I need okay. a sign in my life. So I went and I auditioned for the Oakland Raiders and I said, if I make the squad, I will do it for one year and then mm. I will move to Hollywood and pursue my dreams to be an actress. And so wow. I went to Oakland, tried out for the squad. There was like over 700 girls at this open call audition in Oakland. Mm. Um, long story short, I ended up making the squad. We went to the Super Bowl that year. We right. you know, went to Hawaii for a photo shoot for our calendar. Like it was the most amazing year to pick to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. And right. I came home from the Super Bowl, packed up my room, and I drove to LA the very next weekend. And I've been wow. here ever since. It's been like 18 years, something like that. Wow. And wow. I started from the ground up. I started as an extra. Really? That was my first gig. I was an extra on Friends. Oh, that's for oh, you know what's funny? So, so they didn't they didn't have any people of color um in the in the main group, but they they had us in the background eventually. Oh, we were we drank coffee real good. People of color, we <laughs> could drink coffee in Central Park like nobody's business. You want to see me walk from the table to uh the coffee bar? Ooh, watch with excellence. We do that with excellence. Did, did you ever, um, like, on the episodes, can can people watch episodes now and, and point you out? Yes. And I've oh, had wow. people screenshot me and, like, tag me on Twitter or whatever. That's but funny. one of my favorite, um, like, full circle moments, I was filming a movie in Alabama. And mm -hmm. um, I was at the hotel, and I went to the gym at the hotel. So I'm on the treadmill. And, you know, they have the TV screens on the treadmill. And I'm watching Friends. Mm. 
And so I'm, I'm watching friends and I see myself walk by mm. in the background as I'm on the treadmill at my hotel that I'm there in Alabama to film a movie, like as an actual actress that like, it's to say words and stuff like that. And it was such a full circle moment for me yeah. that was like so special that in even the movie that I was doing, I wasn't like the star of the movie and like, mm -hmm. you know, this A-list celebrity or anything like that. Like, I think I had probably four lines in the whole movie, but it was so special for me and I appreciated it. And it was a good reminder of how I started, where I came from and, and how hard I worked and how far I had come. So it was very, very cool. Right, right. And, and, and you know what's funny with, with the... Because, you know, most acting coaches would say, there are no small roles, only small actors, <laughs> right? Yeah. But w when, when, you, when you watch um, anything that you did when you first started, it does make you smile, especially, like you said, you know, 18 years after moving to L.A., you, you found your success. And, and success is all relative, right? Like, success totally. is paying your bills with, 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 uh, with your creativity, with your art, right? Or, or touring or, or uh, getting, getting past that, the comedy store, what have you. And you find your levels of success. But those things, to me, are always humbling because when you see those first opportunities, you know, when you, when, when you were hired um, for friends, that was a big deal to you. Um, I yes. imagine just as big as, as going to the Super Bowl because you're like, I'm on a set. Yep. Yeah, for and, sure. You know. And I, I feel like somebody told me this one time and it stuck with me. And for everybody listening right now, this is very powerful somebody once told me define success before you pursue it mm. because otherwise you're just going to be chasing everything chasing air like you don't even know what success is if you don't define it for yourself because success right. for you is different than success for me than it is for kevin hart than it is for right. whoever so you have to define right. what success looks like for you so you know what you're chasing after and you're not just chasing after the wind, you know what I mean? And right. and then you redefine it again you, and you redefine mm -hmm. it in the next season and you reach that goal and then you redefine it for the next season. And, and it's something that really stuck with me and it helps when you can get so caught up in the comparison game comparing yourself to someone else's story and someone else's journey. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, I've always um, said to people, especially being a, a New Yorker that goes out to LA often, uh, is to people, you know, especially like New Yorkers get jaded towards LA, right? Like you, if you, if you, if I go to LA right now, I can find 20 cats that are like, man, LA is, I can't stand LA. I'm like, LA is dope when you're busy, right? right, right. <laughs> like when you're busy, LA is awesome because you're, you're too busy to stop and, and realize that, you, that you're not, um, you know, achieving whatever you're hoping for, right? right. Um, but but if, when, when you're idle, I think we all know other people that are 
working. Like I, I just was talking about boy Hugh Moore. Hugh is Hugh is writing on the show right now. Ian Edwards writing on the show. And if I'm out in LA for pilot season, as long as I'm auditioning, I'm good. But if, right. if I hit like three or four days where nothing's happening, I'm like, Hugh's working on something. <laughs> Kev's mm -hmm. working on so you know, and you see everybody mm -hmm. busy, then the idle idle time makes it easier for you to start doubting and, and, and your insecurities come out. And you know what's crazy about that is the idle time is there's purpose in the idle mm. time. And we miss the purpose. We miss out on the purpose because we do that comparison game when the idle time is our rest time, it's our right. uh, rejuvenate time, it's our uh, creative time, it's our, like, whatever, our planning time. Mm -hmm. Idle days have purpose in them. It's when yeah. we start um, using that energy to compare, oh, should I be doing this? I should be doing that. I remember one time I saw, uh, I was on Instagram, this is what it is. It's Instagram. It's, it's social media is what it is. Because um, if you turn social media off on your idle days, trust me, you don't you don't care what nobody else is doing because you don't know what they're doing. You're like, oh, we're right. right. at home. Be lazy. We, so. we should all try it every so often, right? Oh, my God. Um, There's one time I was scrolling and I saw a friend of mine who was directing an episode of a TV show. And then I mm -hmm. scroll some more. I see another friend of mine directing an episode of a different TV show. And I was like, oh, should I be trying to direct? Should I be? <laughs> should, is that what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to become a director. That means you've made it if you become a Okay, so I should, okay, how do I direct? Do I need to like shadow someone so I can learn how to direct and, and start spinning my wheels in that? And then I had to pause for a second. I was like, wait, I don't want to be a director. Right. Why am I doing that? Like, I don't even care. Right. I don't want to be a director. It's just because I saw other people doing it that I was like, oh, I'm, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, they're doing it. That's what I'm supposed to do. No, no, no. Right. Do you and do you well. Exactly. Do your goals. Do your dreams. Do your purpose. Do your calling. Do do it lights on fire in here. It's not directing. Then no, you're not supposed to be director. You're supposed to be whatever right. is on fire in here. Right, right, yeah. The, 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 we and and we all. It's it's easy. That's you know. I I guess one of the detriments of social media is it's easy to sit there and wind up comparing yourself to others instead of instead of celebrating. Uh, oh, my friend is directing. That's something they've been dreaming about all of their lives. They right. you know, and they worked. Right. They worked it. They took the necessary steps to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not trying to take those steps because I don't want to be there. So. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, so you moved, you moved to LA. Um, you you did a season um, with the Oakland Raiders, and it just so happened that the the sign that you were looking for was yeah, I wound up going to the Super Bowl, um, which is an amazing sign. Right. Um, that, like what? there was no doubt at that point. It was like right. Okay, I hear you loud and clear. I'm going. Right, right. You're like okay. Thank you. <laughs> was was your family supportive? Was your family um, always real supportive? No. Um, my sister, yes. My sister is always very okay. supportive. Um, I feel like at the time 
it just felt like not support from from my dad or my mom like it just felt like my dad was very unsupportive and didn't believe in me and didn't think I could do anything with my life didn't think I could be someone great like it felt like that at the time now mm -hmm. as an adult looking back and having gone to therapy <laughs> um i see my dad just wanted to protect me and he was right. fearful of his daughter moving to hollywood to become right. an actress when she has no experience she has because when i told my dad i'm gonna move to hollywood and be an actress he was like why are you gonna do that you don't know anything nobody's gonna hire you that's what he told mm. me so I took him at face value for what he was saying. Like, that's how he feels about me. But really, I feel like if your kid came to you and has never acted a day in her life and is like, I'm going to move to Hollywood and be an actress, you'd probably be like, what? Right. Who? How? Do you know how to uh, be an actress? Do you know what, what do you do? A resume? Do you have one of those? Do you, like, mm -hmm. So I get it. I feel like my dad was just trying to protect me in his own way. Um, but the longest answer to your question is no, there wasn't a lot of support out the gate, but I mean, there definitely is now. My dad is the first to ask me for free tickets for a show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. Uh, every, and all over the country too, because like he has family everywhere. He'll be in Arizona all of a sudden, Utah, wherever he's at. And he's like, Hey, uncle so-and-so wants to come to the show. I'm like, uncle who? I, I don't know who this uncle is. Yeah. Uncles you didn't even realize you had? No, I have, I have no idea who these people are, and he'll bring, like, You didn't even know your dad was in town. You're like, when did you get to Arizona? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's funny. And you want seven tickets? Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> My dad. So once, so once you're in L.A., what, uh, because when you, when you became viral, right? Uh, and again, I say that because a lot Comics definitely weren't um, like you and Russell, right? You and Russell Peters were really the the, the earliest um, forms of viral comics that actually found success from YouTube, from going viral. But prior to that, it was Chocolate Rain. You know, it was uh, Charlie. That really hurt. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the the, the kid in the back seat. Yeah, Charlie, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, were, would you? Was it intentional? Did you record yourself, and it was intentional, or did did you ju you just dumped it online? I didn't even do it. I went. Someone to else the, did. To the ice house in Pasadena, and there was a company that was there, and they were filming comedians, and they paid me twenty five dollars to do ten hmm. minutes, and that was it and then they uploaded it to YouTube so people are like oh my gosh you made millions off that video I made not one penny off that video you made $25 I made $25 just a flat $25. fee is what I got for that video right. $25 buyout yep I got me some gas and some top ramen is what I got <laughs> for that video but no I, I have made not one dollar but I'm so grateful for it because that's what blew up my career. So I didn't make money off the video, but I got people coming to my show to see me because right. they saw the video. So, right. I mean, 
if I sit and think about it, then I could be real pissed. Like, damn it, that was a lot of money I missed out on. Right. Somebody made a lot of money off of me and my material and my performance and mm. and my image and my likeness. Somebody's making all this money off of me. But I was this young, hungry kid who signed away for $25. I signed a contract right. saying you can own it and have it. And so they did, and they made some money. And, and when you did it, when when would you say you realized that that there was a shift you know what like when when did you realize it had blown up oh um this was in the day of myspace okay you're right and in time and i had my top eight (laughs) (laughs) um all of a sudden my myspace page started blowing up with Mm. great like friend requests messages thousands and thousands a day i was getting oh, people wow. all over the world and people were like hey when are you coming to perform in australia in the philippines oh, in fill in the blank when are you coming to perform here because they all saw that nail salon video wow wow and at the time i had 12 minutes of material that's it mm. i had 12 minutes of material and I had people saying when are you coming to perform in sydney australia and I'm like, mm. will y'all fly me out there for 12 minutes? Like, I don't know how this works. Um, and my, it was crazy. And I started like replying to people. And at this point, I didn't know how to be famous. I didn't know right. that you don't have to respond to every single message that someone <laughs> sends. You don't. You- <laughs> <laughs> I would be sitting there for hours. Responding to like stressed out, like thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for the support. And then after a while, I got hip to the um, copy paste, and so I would just copy paste the same message into every every message that I got. And then this one girl replied to me, and she was like, "Is this a robot or something? Because you already said this to me before." And I was like, "Oh, sorry, I don't know how to be famous. Um, I'm trying my best." And that's when I started getting messages from production companies and network executives were sending Mm. their assistants to come and find me on MySpace to message. Oh, wow. So I would get a message like, hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at, you know, NBC, CW, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. They want to meet with you because they saw this nail salon video. Mm. And... I remember I took a meeting with like everybody in this town, every production company, every network executive. I took a meeting with all these people because they saw this nail salon video and I had these thousands of messages in my inbox just going crazy. And I remember being on the phone with my sister and telling her what was going on. And I was like, okay, this is either a little phase that I'm going through or this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it was. It was yeah. the jumping off point. It's what set me off. And here I am today talking to you on the Father Muckin podcast. <laughs> I like that. That's why I like you. <laughs> That's called station identification right there. <laughs> so how long before before Mad TV? Because you said you start, you know, you had enough heat where the execs started reaching out to you by way of their assistance. Um, when did Mad TV reach out from what because um what year did you move to LA 2003 
So you did 2003. What, what year did you make the uh, video? Uh, 2006, and it came live on YouTube in January of 2007. Okay, so between between that and Mad TV, um, how much time passes? I tell you, January 2007, this video comes on this brand new thing called YouTube. Yeah. And there's, from January to February, there's 4 million views on this video. And wow. that was like the first like viral thing yeah. that was happening. And um, February to March, I start getting all the messages from all the uh, network executives and I start meeting with everybody, February, March. Um, by, by the end of April, May, somewhere in there, I ended up getting a new agent, a new manager, because mm -hmm. they all saw this video. Man. By May, I had auditioned for Mad TV and booked Mad TV. Um, nice. By through that summer, I ended up writing like 45 minutes of material because mm -hmm. people were requesting me at comedy clubs. So right. by the end of 2007, my life had completely changed. From January, I had nothing to my name. I had no agent. I had wow. no opportunities. I was on unemployment. My unemployment checks had run out. I had no money. I had no income. I was getting ready to go home because I couldn't mm. pay my bills. And the only reason mm. why I stayed is because I had my sister who would send me money to pay my rent. She would send me gift certificates to the grocery store so that I could go buy groceries to eat. <laughs> Big up, sis. It was that, and it was this feeling in my gut, in my spirit, this intuition, the Holy Spirit, the universe, whatever you want to call it. It was right. God telling me, I know it looks bad, but I'm not done yet. I'm not yeah. done with you yet. And so I had that feeling in my gut that God was not done with me yet in Hollywood. And then thank God my sister would send me money to pay my rent so I could stay in Hollywood. <laughs> and that was January of 2007 to the end of the year of 2007. I was on this hit show, Mad TV. I was touring the country as a stand-up comedian. And my life had completely changed in that one year. Yeah. 2007 is definitely the year that changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Won't, won't he do it? You know, God is good all the time. And all the time. Now, that's, yes. that's beautiful. That's honestly, I mean, because you, 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 you hear stories about people. I always, when, anytime I hear someone say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this for, for, I'm gonna give it two years. I always think you can't you can't put a, a time limit on on right, your right. dream right. because God could mean for it to happen two years and three days later, mm -hmm. and here you shut down at two years, you know. So you just like you said earlier, you gotta uh, sort of submit to it and and go with the flow, and that's 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 awesome to hear yeah. that from January two thousand seven to December was was so drastically such an arc. Yeah. And, and change in your life. And I like that you you put the work in because you said people people were reaching out saying, hey, you know, do you want to come to Australia or wherever? But you only had 12 minutes. A lot of people would be like, well, I'm going to go in and figure it out as I go. But you actually, you put pen to paper and said, here, I got, I got to work on my act. I got to, mm -hmm. I got to build the set. And that's yeah. what you did, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of work, but it was... 
it was that going with the flow. It was like, this is where my life is right now. And this is what's required of me right now. And right. you go with it. Right, right. How do you know what I did? I meant to ask that. When did you, when did you finally wind up on stage as a stand-up? And how did you wind up on stage? Um, I had like a love-hate relationship with stand-up comedy when I first started because I didn't want to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. um, I always say that comedy found me, like comedy chased me down because mm -hmm. uh, I thought I was going to be this dramatic actress. Like, I was like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play a rape, rape victim on Law & Order SVU. Like, that is my, my dream. And still I love how day. specific that was. Oh, oh, very, very much so. Like, I'm waiting for my scene with de Detective Olivia Benson. Like, it will happen one day. It has not yet. It hasn't even come close. I've had two meetings with the casting director, and he still doesn't book me. But it's fine. It's totally fine. My time is coming. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was at a church, and every Tuesday night, they would do this creative arts night where they would have, mm -hmm. like dancing classes, acting classes, um, singing, like whatever your art was, Tuesday night they had a class for it. So I was in the acting class and there was a woman who was teaching a stand-up joke writing class and she saw me in the acting class and we would do like improv games and I would be funny in the improv games. And so she was like, do you want to come take my, my stand-up joke writing class? Mm. And I was like, oh, is it free? And she was like, yeah. So I was like, I guess so. I mean, I guess it's free. I might as well. Why not? You know, get in where you fit in. Free education. I'll take it. Right. So right. Um, <laughs> one of the first jokes I wrote in her class was that nail salon bit that ended up blowing up my spot. Wow. And uh, so after that class, people would, like, hit me up and be like, hey, do you want to do, like, my Tuesday night? at you know wherever you want to do my Thursday night at this cafe or whatever it was right. I I would randomly hear from people that wanted me to do their their show but I mm -hmm. wasn't really calling people to get on a show because I was like oh no I'm an actress like I'm just <laughs> doing stand-up for fun but I'm an actress thank you though right I'm waiting for law and order to call me yeah 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 oh my god I can't what day is your show I might get an audition that day hold on um so I was like fighting it because I didn't want to be a stand-up. I wanted to be an actress. And I remember mm -hmm. the day it changed and everything shifted. I get a message on MySpace. And this person was like, hey, will you come perform at our Mormon holiday party? And I was like, sure. Did you say Mormon holiday yes. party? Yes. Okay. Mormon holiday party. And I was Sounds like, exciting. Sure, I would do it. I mean, but only thing is I'm not Mormon though and they're like oh no 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 you don't have to be Mormon you just have to do a clean set and I was like oh okay. I can do a clean set that's fine so I go to this big huge Mormon party in in Orange County and I do my set and they were like oh it's a comedy competition the winner of this competition will win a cash prize and I tied mm. for first place and I won no. $600 oh that was the most money I had ever made in my entire life in like one sitting. Like it wasn't even like <laughs> right. a couple days worth of work. It was like, I just told some jokes for like 10 minutes and they gave me $600. Yeah. Yo, I'm going to be a comedian. 
And that's when it all changed for me. When I won $600, I was like, I'm going to try this comedy thing a little bit, actually. Yeah, you're like, I don't need to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what are y'all paying me? Hollywood? Nothing. Okay, I'm going to go to Mormon parties now. Did did the um was the first place prize since you tied was the first place prize twelve hundred and they split it that yes. you each got six hundred. That's right. Oh, okay. Okay. Do do you hold up? This two questions, right? The other person that that um tied with you are they still a comic that you see out um out and about? Um. I I think it's this person that I'm thinking of who I know we met there and we became friends after, but I can't remember if he's the one who tied with me, but he's an actor now. I see him on TV a lot, but I don't oh, see him doing stand-up anymore. So he took my dream is what happened. That's like y'all flip-flops. That's hilarious. And secondly, the comic that, um, that taught the, uh, taught the class, um, are the, is that someone that you're still in contact with? And if, if not, did you at least, have you ever seen them since your, your success? Uh, yes, we are not in contact anymore. Um, I'm very grateful for all that uh, she taught me in the class. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But no, we're not in contact anymore. Okay. No, no, I was just, because uh, <laughs> you know, you know, she tells everyone, you know, I, um, I got, I got her stuff. <laughs> Maybe even if you don't you don't talk about her, she talks about you all the time. <laughs> so you hit Mad TV, you you're now touring and, and you uh your first comedy special, you did a Comedy Central Presents. Yeah, yeah I did um no my first televised stand up was um Premium Blend on Comedy Central. Premium Blend, okay. And that was a 10-minute set. Yeah. And on my episode, I filmed the same day as a young up-and-coming comic named Amy Schumer. You might have heard of her. Um, oh, I've, I've, she I've, kind of fell I've off. seen She's her. She's not really doing anything anymore. But, um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we were on the same episode. Um, and that was my very first televised episode and of stand-up comedy. And then after that, I did my first hour special with Comedy Central. And that was called... Mm -hmm. um, that's how we do it and that was in 2009 okay 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 and then you were on your way because at that point two years have passed um you know your characters have blown up uh mad tv's a great look um you had four million views in the first month so by by this point there are m many millions more um are you doing clubs or are you when did you graduate to to theaters um, I did clubs for like the first couple years and then okay. started moving into theaters and it was still like, I, you find trial and error, which cities you can move into a theater and which cities you're like, Oh, just kidding. What's your name again? They don't know you here. Right. Right. There's this one time I went from this one weekend, sold out eight shows. Boom, boom, sold out, eight show, boom, boom, boom. Had to add. We started with six, had to add, now with seven. Now we're right. oh my god, I'm so famous. I really love right. <laughs> the very next weekend I go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I uh. sold seventeen tickets. Ooh. 
So listen. Bloody blow. Bloody blow. It, it, oh, for sure. It was humbling. For sure. Yeah. But it was like, it's, you learn. You're not for everybody, one. But then right. you learn your markets. You learn where you do do well in, where you are strong in, where you need to right. build, where you need to come back more. And you got to do 10 more radio stations than you did last time because people don't know you here. And then right. for me, like every time I would go to Houston, I didn't even have to do a radio station interview because right. tickets were sold by the time I got there. For some reason, Houston loved me. And then I go to Pittsburgh right. and they're like, what's your name? We don't. Right. And what do you talk right. about? We don't like that. We don't like yeah. that. Thanks, though. <laughs> well, I remember years ago hearing uh, Rock's, uh, Chris Rock. I think he was uh, doing an interview. He said, I just want to be, I want to get famous enough to where I don't have to do morning radio. Right? <laughs> and it was so real because for everybody out there that's, that's watching, understand that when when we go to cities and we're headlining, like like Angela just said, you go to Houston, have a, have a, a strong following out there, um, you don't even have to do media. Right, because the tickets have sold. As soon as people find out you're coming, they bought up the tickets. Whereas you go to a city like Pittsburgh, and now you have to go to the the you have to do like five or six radio stations. Where it's and and it would it, be one thing if you were doing what you think is your demographic, right? But the club is saying, well, you know, well, you know what, Angela, we have you on uh, the country radio station at 7.30 a.m. And then you're gonna do um, top 40 at eight. And then right across the hallway, they have, um, you know, the morning drive, the smooth jazz. And you're like, that's not my audience. Yeah. <laughs> I, Bruh. I don't, I'll, I'll do it. Bruh. That, that, right, it's like, okay, if you think that'll help, sure. I'm game, I will do it. I can't tell you how many times I, they were like, okay, the next station is a uh, sports talk radio. And I'm like, sports talk radio? What? Like, my right. my primary demographic is women. Right. They're not really perusing sports talk radio. Right. But they're like, yeah, but you were a cheerleader for the Raiders. Right, right. So it was that. And then, like, I don't even speak Spanish, but they would always have me on a Spanish radio station. And I'd be like, you guys... I don't speak Spanish. And they'll be like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, he'll ask you in English and then he'll translate. And I'm like, that's going to work? Are you sure? Right. And then, and then you get there and they're looking at you like, you don't speak. Right, no. right, right. They're like, are you sure? Yeah, positive. I'm real, pretty sure I'm positive. Like, yeah. Roll with the it. The worst, though, the worst with morning radio is going from West Coast to East Coast. Because you're in New York, so it's probably not the same. Like, so coming from LA, taking a flight to wherever, New York, right? Yeah. And then you land like 10 o'clock by the time you get your luggage, get in your car, check into your hotel, order some right. room service because you're starved from flying the whole time. By the time you get in bed, it's like 1 a.m. And right. then you have a 6 a.m. pickup for press, and right. your body is on west coast time so you're like you're not even tired yet right it's really asleep, good it's time to wake up right. oh those were the 
worsty worst. Like, yeah. And then too, not like you. You don't have to put makeup on. No. You have to put makeup on. Like I have to wake up early enough to put a face on. Like you get to right. wake up and brush your teeth and go with the manager of the club. I have to wake up, shower, put face on, do my hair. Like, oh, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> did did you ever, I'm not going to say the name. I'm sure you probably did. There was one, there was a big radio show in the Midwest that if you went to it, the club would actually say to you, oh, yeah, you can't wear any, um, nothing scented because the guys at the radio get really angry about uh about scents. Now keep in mind, I don't wear cologne, right? I I, I have oil that, that I wear uh -huh. and oh, no. and it must have been on like a hoodie I was wearing that morning. Oh, no. So when I when I get there, they're like, Yeah, um yeah, did you put on something? I said, nah, I, I just I I bathed. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, 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 don't stink. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, I, you all put out the memo that we can't wear anything, so I didn't. But it might be in this this hoodie, and sorry, I'm, I'm not funky, you know. Um. <laughs> no, I didn't do them. I have had some oh, you lucked awful out. radio interviews, though. Um, really? But no. Was like was was one of the worst. Because that's, that's, people don't realize how, how and, and not to compare it to, uh, you know, tarring, putting down uh, roofing in, in 100 degree weather, but there are challenges. And, and what would you say, what was like a really bad radio interview you had to deal with? So um, I would always get nervous doing radio because I was like, okay, if, if it's like crowd work. Um, mm -hmm. I would get nervous doing crowd work. I was like, let me just stick to the jokes that I wrote that I know are funny instead of like taking right. a risk and just start talking to somebody in the crowd and it may or may not be funny. So like right. radio, sometimes it felt like that. Like you would just, you never know what they're going to ask you. Hopefully I'm funny with whatever they ask me. And so they would be like, okay, um, give us like three like lead ins that you can like do to like one of your mm -hmm. bits that you can make one of your bits conversational. Right. And like, I'd be like, okay, ask me about my husband, ask me about how I don't speak Spanish and ask me whatever. And then I knew I could like pop off some jokes. Right. I did this one radio station in Florida and I'm sitting there with the guys and uh, they hadn't even started my interview yet. They're doing their like news break, right? In their news break, they haven't even introduced me yet. One of the radio guys asked me about what the guy said. Like, it was something about, I don't know, a baseball score or something, right? And the, mm -hmm. he asked me my opinion. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't have anything to say because right. I was waiting for my interview. Right. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. good. Like, it was something like that. They go to commercial, and he goes, all right, thanks for coming. You're oh. Wow. And I was like, Florida. What? And they're like, Yeah, she's not gonna be funny. Get her out of here. And I was like, Wow. Oh. I was waiting my turn that you were talking about baseball, so I didn't know. <laughs> oh, right. God. And I was dismissed. I was so embarrassed. What, what, 
Was was this in the? Uh, look, at I was speculating because I'm nosy. Was was it was it at the uh, the Clear Channel where they had all those stations in one building? It was these two older white dudes. I that think were I like know. Legends I, in the area, like Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. I I know exactly. Who you're I can't remember about. their names, but they were not nice to me. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? The reason I know who you're talking about is because they were, like, because I do impressions, I know going into a lot of those radio shows, they're going to do the hacky. For for me, if I'm doing it, let me just do the impressions. Don't don't hit me with, hey, so so give us some Denzel. Wind up, monkey. You know, yeah, let, yeah, let yeah. me just do what I do. And I remember hearing a story about they they put they put one one particular comic on uh, on the spot and he was he, he wasn't rolling with it and they pretty much dismissed him but then so then he left but you know you're in the car and the station is still on and they started talking greasy about him and so he went back and no. it turned into this whole turned into this whole <laughs> I'll let you know later on who it is Please but do. it just but but when 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 I when I got there, they uh, they then presented me. They were like, "Yeah, do you know this guy?" And I said, "Yeah." And they were like, "Yeah." And we asked him to do impressions, and in my mind, I'm like, "Did you ask him, or did you did you just sort of uh, assume he's a jukebox?" Yeah, There's or a way did you just in the middle of your interview go? So Denzel, how's the weather? Right, right. I love I love sports, huh? <laughs> like, but that's a problem with with a lot of uh, with 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 radio. I always find I prefer just taking control if if I can and just going. You know, I, I learned that from why like like Tracy just Tracy just goes and doesn't give people a chance to get a word in edgewise, and then once he starts going. They kind of just clear out of the way, and then he's done, and he can leave. Versus, so tell us about. So you don't you don't speak any Spanish whatsoever, Angela? <laughs> Why is there an H on the end of your name? Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. Radio, radio can be fun, exactly. but it can also it can it can it can stink at times uh, so so you 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 tra you um your headline in clubs um do the movie office because i actually remember because i have children i remember when i saw you in uh in the squeakle and any and listen anytime you see your people a working but b in in a big movie like that you i was sitting in i'm sitting in the dark in the movie they're like Yes, you know, because right. that's a win. You know, it's a win. So did you, at that point, were you auditioning or were they kind of, did you have enough heat where people were, were reaching out to you? No, I auditioned. I auditioned for that one. Um, I I remember being very surprised that I booked it. Um, and a lot Why of were you surprised? Said, well, I guess because I'm always surprised when I okay. book things. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, honest i'm always like really oh okay yeah uh i will be there see you on set okay thanks uh thanks for giving me a shot um right. i i feel like i book most of my roles by being funny and charming in the room like, in the room 
in the room. With the casting director, with the director, with the producer. Yeah. And I've gotten many of jobs by having that kind of like chemistry in the room with people, yeah. I feel like. And there's been many of times where the director, producer, whoever tells me, oh, hey, my, my son's a big fan of yours. My daughter's a big fan of yours. And their kids are watching me. And that's why yeah. they know of me. So that has been something that's been very cool. Like with the chipmunks, the squeak wool, very yeah. grateful because I know for a fact I booked a movie from that because the director of this movie, his wife was watching it and saw me and was like, she would be good for the movie you're working on now. And that's how I booked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you tell us what that movie was? That was called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's dope, though. Work, work leads to more work. So that's yeah. that's uh, you never that's know beautiful. who's watching. You never know right. who's watching you, who's listening, watching you, who's listening to you. Even on this Instagram live right now, like I see, mm -hmm. there's currently 136 people watching. I don't know who those people are. I can see the few people that are commenting right here, but right. I don't know who's watching and listening and who is taking this information in and being like, wow, this really inspired me. Like, the, right. And they use that to unlock something within them and go for their dreams. And right. like, we have no idea the lives that we're impacting or the lives that we're not even aware that we could be like shutting down by a comment that we made that somebody mm -hmm. takes to heart the wrong. Like, you have no idea. You never know who's listening, who's watching and who's watching you going like, oh my God, he does such a great, this impression, whatever. I need him for this. Right. Oh my God, she does the voice of blah, blah, blah. I need her for this. Like, you just never know. Right. Eyes are right. always on you all the time. When you're in a grocery store, even if you're not trying to be in the entertainment industry, you're in the grocery store, you're in Target, you're walking down an aisle. You don't know the words that you say, how they impact people, the kindness, yeah that you show someone how that impacts people like your generosity that you show someone impacts people like everybody there's people always watching and listening and it's up to you to just be the best version of yourself at all times and there's grace for that because well, we're not we're not always our best selves i'm not always my best self and there's grace no and, and 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 none of us are but we we all have a choice of of whether to offer someone uh something positive or something negative you know and and the positive goes a, a, a lot further i've said on here um numerous times that i met bernie mac when i first started and I'm backstage at one of his concerts and and he didn't owe me any conversation, but he was very, very nice and very encouraging to me being an, uh, a, a young upstart comic. And then fast forward a decade later, he's in my office at Saturday Night Live and I got to I got to thank him. I got to get cool with him. And I got to say, hey, man, you don't remember this, but I appreciate you mm. being nice to me you know mm. and and so watching the level of success that bernie mac achieved um at that point made me say okay henceforth anytime i interact with new comics coming up even if i don't feel like being bothered i'll do my best to encourage them you know i might not i might not be the best version of myself at that particular time but i can say hey man keep keep doing your thing you know because right. it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt me and hopefully right. it helps them right 
Exactly. Exactly. See, that's why you're good. Well, you know. That's why I like he does, you. He does, he does what he can. What, what, um, <laughs> be, because, because every, obviously everyone on here knows that, that not only are you beautiful on the inside, but you're also beautiful on the exterior. And Thank was you. that a challenge as as a comic coming up for for uh, for a woman being an attractive woman in the comedy world? Um, I remember one of my first headlining gigs in Miami at the Improv in um, the old Coconut, Miami Co Improv. Yeah, and uh, was it Coconut Grove? Yes, yes, Coconut yeah. something, Coco something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, where you walked out of walked out of the green room right onto the stage. Bruh, why did while I was on stage somebody went to my green room and rifled through my stuff and stole my stuff while I was on stage? Boy. That's coconut grove right there. Okay. That they count. Wait, how did they get in there if it, it was literally right behind you? Because you have to walk past the green room door to go to the bathroom. And You're there was right. no security or nothing. So they just walked right in wow. and stole my stuff. Wow. Um anyway, so it was one of my first very first time headlining the first show i go on stage and i have my hair down pretty i have my lipstick on um i have this cute little like top that's kind of like you know midriff showing whatever and i get off stage and i'm talking to the manager at the time who's gideon i don't know if you remember gideon gideon i remember gideon i love gideon and yeah, gideon was cool i was like i don't know what it is like i can't get them on my side like throughout my whole set I just couldn't get them on my side mm -hmm. and he goes the next show I want you to go out there take your lipstick off pull your hair back in a ponytail and put your hoodie back on and zip up mm. your and I was like okay so I went out and did the show like that and it was night and day wow. it was night and day because I wasn't a distraction anymore right right I wasn't threatening anymore I was just a tomboy girl telling funny jokes. Right, right. And it was like night and day. And that stuck with me. And since then, I'd be my ponytail for the rest of my life. And since then, I'd be all right, <laughs> never again. <laughs> Look, your husband's watching right now. That's why you always wear it? <laughs> He's like, okay, babe, you won. You can take your ponytail out. But the, you know what, that's that's because that's not the first. The reason I asked that question is because I know that people bring their their prejudices and preconceived notions. And I've heard from from female comics uh, specifically. They're like they're like, yeah, you know, what? anytime I go on, I'm, I'm aware that I don't want to look too nice because guys in the audience um, that that are there with their girlfriends are now looking at me, and now their girlfriends sitting there mad at me. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm just, I'm not trying to distract them. I'm just doing my job, and I don't want to look like a bum, you know. Yep. So that's it. That's uh, that's wow, wow. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh found a way. How how many years have you been married now? Um, nine. June. Oh wow. Nine. Okay, I didn't realize it was it was uh. Was that long? Did did y'all meet? He's he's industry, yeah. He's a musician. He's in music, and okay. and he does some acting stuff too, but okay. um, music is his his thing. Is his so. is his passion, yeah. and I imagine because he's he's in the industry, y'all are super supportive of uh, of one another. Yeah, it's 
it's very cool to be in the industry, but not the same industry. Like, we're not both yeah. stand-up comics. You're not um, competing for bits. No. <laughs> we say he says something funny, babe, you going to use that? Right, right, right. Are you, are you or me? Who's going to use it? Me or you? <laughs> He's like, you tell the joke, I'll write a song about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have worked together because... He he wrote and produced the album for Bon Quickly, my character that I did. Oh, that's dope. And then we went on tour with that album. And uh -huh. so that was us collaborating together and, and working together on that. Um, that's dope. So it's great to be able to work together and apart. Like, we don't have to, we're not like business partners, like, all day, every day of our life. Right, right. Project-based. Do, being being that you're married and how you said that uh you know there are sacrifices that you wind up making for your art do you do you look at it um saying do you miss starting a family are you is that something you're looking forward to doing is it do you have a timeline on look i feel i feel like an aunt or uncle now i'm like <laughs> how long are you gonna i mean what are you doing what's funny is i feel like in my mind, because my husband and I have always said that we did not want kids, but now that I'm oh, getting good. older, I start to think mm -hmm. about it more. And right. it's weird because I treat the idea of having kids as if I'm like 22. I'm like, oh my God, I have plenty of time. Like, I don't know, maybe when I'm older. Maybe I'll have kids right. when I'm older. Bro, I'm 38. Like, right. I don't got much time left to decide. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's real. It's definitely something I think about as I'm getting older because I'm like, yo, my clock is ticking. And so right now, like, I still don't want kids, but I also don't want to miss out on the opportunity. But to mm -hmm. me, that's not a good enough reason to have kids because I'm okay. afraid of missing out because I got FOMO. Having kids because I have FOMO, right. that's dumb. Right, right. So I, and that's I, honest. You know, like, I need to... Well, that's, that's the mature kids. approach. A lot of people don't take the mature approach. <laughs> like, I want a baby. Until then, this is my child. Just okay. Now, oh, he can curl yeah, up in the bag and come with me everywhere. It's beautiful, beautiful. Do you have you done any um, online shows during this uh, pandemic? No. Mm -mm. Do are do you plan to at all? No. Yeah. No. no. It would have to be like a solid check. <laughs> right. Right. But right. I don't plan on it. No, and yeah, someone just said they suck. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I I haven't done any. I did. I did one thing on uh, Ali Sadiq did something on Instagram um, live back in March or April that actually went so well for me. And I said, that's all. I, that was it. I said it went well, so I'm done. Yeah. And uh, and. And uh, I think um, Nowhere Comedy Club, I was going to do something. But, but you know what? It, it just doesn't feel – there's a disconnect. It doesn't feel like like what we're used to. I did – I had about six weeks of shows between September and mid-October. And I was like, yes, I miss I miss the audience. Even if I couldn't actually meet and greet and interact, I still was mm -hmm. standing up live mm -hmm. versus versus sitting sitting – at my dining room table right. <laughs> and trying to tell jokes like, what the, what's going on in the world, huh? You know? What's crazy it, with that is like, 
just on Zoom meetings alone, like, yeah. I always try to crack a joke, like, in a meeting and whatnot. Uh, and so, like, I'll be in a Zoom meeting, but, like, the timing is off. And then people didn't quite hear the joke. Yeah. They're like, wait, what was that? And I'm like, right, oh, it's fine. It was just a sarcastic, it's fine. Right. <laughs> right. It's just the internet is not right for a live comedy show. I, I I didn't want to. Do I it. agree, and and that's and that's that's the best way to put it. For 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 you, for me, is it's not it's not the preferred. I know some people that they're, they're finding their rhythm, and I'm like kudos, man. But but I all things comedy did something. I did something in L.A. Um, at the end of September, and they had your. It's actually in a studio, and they have giant monitors, so you yeah. it it felt like a stand up show. Yeah. That was I. I actually enjoyed that, but aside from that, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm not. I I'm did not I did see some comics posting that. That looked pretty cool. That looked. Pretty yeah, that good. was that was. You know what? It felt like doing stand up in the Matrix. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Felt like Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus were watching you from their bedroom in their pajamas. <laughs> you know, and and that felt felt good. Somebody said the outside. Yeah, even I've I've seen the uh, the the stand up shows outdoors. And again, depending on how it's run and who's running it, they 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 can be good. But there's there's a there's something wonderful about having walls that contain the noise and the laughter and the acoustics versus doing something. I did something in Central Park, which was fun. I did that one was fun, but then another, it was mad traffic, <laughs> and you could and you could, you could hear cars and motorcycles. I was like, all the honking. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. Just the honking and see sirens always sirens. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, to teach their own. I'm a, I, I'm, I I'm a like fan. Doing an outdoor show, um, I haven't done one yet, but I wouldn't mind doing it like for the experience, you know. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. I just haven't yet. Right. Uh, you, 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 you have time. I think. I don't think this is. Uh, <laughs> I know. Unfortunately. Going away anytime soon. You know, um, do you do you have any projects that um before before you leave? Do you have any projects that uh, people can look out for? Um, um that we, you already have in the can. My husband and I have a podcast with our good friend Brandon, and it's called Nights at the Round Table, and That's it's basically our deconstruction and reconstruction of our faith, love, life. Um, all that kind of stuff. We both come from the Christian background and mm -hmm. we both are at a place in our journeys where we're asking questions that we never asked before because it was like, oh, you don't ask that. You just go, go along with it. And we're like, actually, I don't know if I subscribe to this anymore. Let's talk about it. And so uh, that's called Nights at the Round Table. It's not necessarily a comedy podcast, but... Um, we we just talk about life and real real things. Right. So um, right. Yeah, that's that's. And they the, pe people can uh, the people watching they can listen to that on all podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have that on Spotify, all the podcasts, YouTube, everywhere. And then I do um, every other Friday. I do ghost stories with Angela. Um, and we go live on my Facebook, on my YouTube, and we started on Instagram here. 
and it just wasn't allowing me to like share to Facebook and all the other places. So we switched right. platforms. Um, and that's ghost stories with Angela. Do you have a ghost story? Um, no. Okay. I was gonna tell you, come be on my show, <clears throat> but I basically, I have a special. Maybe I will now. <laughs> okay, go make one up. Okay. No. No, no. Um, I, I have a special guest each episode that tells me, and it's usually like a, a comic or one of my actor friends, and they'll tell me a ghost story that they have had in their life. Oh, wow. And then I take calls from fans, and we go live, and fans tell me their ghost stories, and we just share it with everybody. Oh, wow. And it's so fun because I love, like, the creepy haunted stuff. Meanwhile, the the ghosts in your life are behind you, like, get some screen time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. <laughs> Why I made the ghost float like they. <laughs> like it's an emoji. Right. <laughs> Why are my hands up like this? That's odd. And and again, did you, you know what? Because because Steve Byrne um, is, a, is a stand-up, right? But he's also a director. And when I saw the comics that were in, in his film, did he, did he call you? Did he make you audition? No, no. Okay. Okay. No, he. All right. Was no, like, I, I hey, would. You want to come be in my movie? And I was like, okay. Yeah, I do. But and then he cut most of my part out. But it's fine. Oh. <laughs> Damn you, Steve. <sighs> he called Damn me to tell me though. He's like, "Hey, before you see it, I want you to know." Right. I was like, "Listen, listen. I love, I love, I love what you did in the movie, but um, for time we had to cut, we had to cut some things for time." <laughs> yeah. But, well, but that's, I love that's not the first time one of my scenes been on a chopping block. So Right, right. Unfortunately, I'm used to it. Right. <laughs> right. Well, listen, Angela, thank you. I appreciate you uh hanging out with me tonight. Um uh, thank your husband for for, you know, uh giving us an hour of your time because I know this is this is family time for a lot of people. Um and I know it's late for for a lot of people, so I appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, much love as you stay safe out there. Um, everybody that, that, uh, you know, if you, if you enjoyed, make sure you tell a friend, we do this every Monday. Next, next Monday, we have my man, Sebastian Menescalco, um, will be on here with me, um, on the For the Mucker Protocol live on IG next Monday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And aside from that, hey man, Shaman Dean Edwards. Angela Johnson Reyes, um, thank you for hanging out with me. But I'll, I'll I'll hit you after I hang up to let you know who who thank that you. was. I'll be waiting in Miami. for that text. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Just of such a fan of yours. You're so talented, insanely oh, thanks, talented. And um, thank you for having me on your show. Oh no doubt, of course, man. Thank you for thank you for um, coming out and, th and thank your assistant for. But I didn't know how to say it. Is it Jackie? Jackie. Okay, because I was like, because you know, I grew up on 227, so I was like, is it Jackie? <laughs> no, it's Jackie. <laughs> Jackie. Well, well, thank Jackie. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to her and thank her again, but, but thank her for me. And thank you, sis. And, and thank y'all. It's your man, Dean Edwards. We'll see y'all next week. All love. Two fingers. Stay up. Stay safe. Peasy. Bye. Bye.